1: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast, where I bring you the best and brightest from the world of business, marketing, and personal growth to help you harness your inner tenacity and drive your career forward. Tribe, you are in for a treat today, as my guest is a human fireworks show. Sparkles coming at you from every direction, and I've had the pleasure to finally meet her recently in Dallas, as she was a keynote speaker at an event I organized with my buddy, and I can promise you that she over-delivered and... Underpromised, overdelivered one of those things. And now we're pickle pals, but that's for a story a little bit later. Lila <laughs> Smith used to think that being a professional actress would be the best way for her to use her love of storytelling to make a difference that mattered most in the world. After spending 20 years training and 10 years professionally performing to great acclaim in New York City and around the U.S., she felt that there was more, more connection, more honesty, and more impact to be had offstage. IRL in real life. And that's why Lila created Save Things Better, a five-step method of intentional communication based on the best tools that she has learned in theater. Now she brings it worldwide to companies, to everybody. And she travels around the globe helping people and brands across cultures and industries to connect their ideal communication, to connect to their ideal communication partners. Lila, we met in person. Let's bring it. Let's bring it back to offline. It was a
0: magical moment.
1: We brought. It, let's take our online, our offline back online. Lila, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I love that we can go from online to offline, back to online, because that's what we have social media for. It was originally created so that we could take those offline relationships exactly and stop them from dying out just because we didn't have constant contact
1: exactly. So now.
0: We have kind of constant cursory contact and a little bit of content and comments here and there, but it's great for just staying connected.
1: Absolutely. And I've had a chance to get to know you, but my tribe may not. So why don't we just bring my tribe up to speed a little bit and talk about your origin story, your superhero story. Like, you know, when did you get bit by the spider (laughs) back in the day where we kind of are today?
0: I got bit by the acting spider uh, before I ever even came out of the womb. I was two weeks early and I came out dancing, you know, feet first. And my, my parents were like, I guess this is who we have. And that's <laughs> kind of how it, how it developed. I have this personality. You know, if you're listening to me for even five seconds, I think you know who I am already. I think that that's just kind of how it is, that this is who I am. And my parents had no choice, really, but to put me into theater. Because for them, that was in New York kind of a no-brainer. There are the arts here, there are the performing arts. And if my kid has this personality, let's put her up on a stage so mm-hmm. that she can get the attention that she wants from not just us. <laughs> right. Right. So, spread the
1: spread the wealth. Let someone we, yeah. run out of time. You know, they want someone else to, to absorb all that that ball of attention. When was when yeah. was the first time when was the first time that you, you know, took the stage in front of a big audience? How old are you?
0: Oh, a big audience? I mean, it was five when I was in Oliver, and yeah. there was like a, you know, every class, kids, parents were in the audience, so that was a little nerve-wracking for my first time. Um, Perry Abramsky played Oliver, and Tasha <laughs> Holness played Mr. Bumble, and, memory like an <laughs> and elephant oh my gosh, yeah, I mean, I'm just like, I can't even remember, I remember like everybody's names, you know, but I can't remember what, oh, I played um, the Widow Corny. <laughs> I was Tasha Holness's wife, and I... so,
1: wow i mean mean, we could go through her whole imdb here in in a moment but let's let's take it back a little bit here um so classically trained in acting you've been on stages all over the country you know to the highest levels you know what what was that you know kind of moment when you're like you know what i'm going to take a step back and take this skill set which we'll dig into in a little bit and move away from acting full-time what was that moment was there that aha moment
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was. Was there one moment? Um. I remember there being a rehearsal that, I and look as an actor, the best thing is when you get to have rehearsal and performances, and I actually get to do right. the art that you want, and not just be in the constant grind of the marketing, the self promotion, the showing up, the inviting, the selling tickets, the fundraising, the everything that you do behind the scenes. The behind the scenes. Oh yeah. my gosh, the pay to play the workshops with the casting directors, just to get them to know you, it's exhausting. And it is so much work just to get to the point of the art. And the rehearsal is that art. And I loved a lot of it, but there was this one night that I was supposed to be going to rehearsal and I just felt myself dreading it and thinking, God, I would rather, I would rather do dishes or laundry or change diapers or literally anything else other than go to rehearsal right now. You didn't feel it.
1: You didn't feel it in your heart.
0: I didn't feel it in my heart anymore. I felt like this is just, I'm telling my story, but nobody knows that. I'm using somebody else's words. This script is not enough for me to connect what I really feel to the people that are my communication partners. And when I felt like all of the struggle wasn't worth it for the payoff, when I was dreading the payoff, I knew. Yeah, that's... you should only be an actor or an entrepreneur or a musician or any kind of crazy career like that if it is the only thing you can imagine yourself doing.
1: So coming out of, coming out of school, were you always like professionally? Your, your paycheck did it? Did it always come from acting? Did you have any other you know professional or corporate jobs?
0: I did. Yeah, actually, a lot of actors have day jobs that are like waiting tables or bartending because the schedules mm-hmm. are flexible. But I negotiated my way into flexible schedules with more traditional career paths. And the last job job that I had was the director of e-commerce at a company called DNA Footwear in New York City, a multi-store location and online channel um, footwear company. So I worked there for three and a half years. That was like my last job job that I had before I left to do the messaging consulting and communication workshops that I do now.
1: Yeah, and we'll, and we'll get to that in a second too. So you've had some really solid experience on both sides. And I think that's yeah. really, which just makes you so special about, you know, your background and, and what you do. So based on your experience, I mean, where do you really see people, you know, failing in, you know, communications in, in the current professional world?
0: Making assumptions all the time. Um, expectations get muddied when when somebody has assumed that someone else communicates the way that they do or that they have all the information that they need or that they have intentionally you know, left them out of something. It's assumptions. It's always assumptions. That's like the biggest problem. And the other problem that I see is that people aren't intentional with their communication. Right. So people are going to receive a message anyway, whether you deliver it on purpose or not. And people just communicating without intention means you kind of throw a ball in the air and see what happens rather than throwing it to someone who's going to catch it.
1: Interesting. So let's talk about the thought process before you, you came to the modern version of, you know, say things better method and, and mm-hmm. workshops right now. So talk to us a little bit about that workshopping process Well, theater. I guess that's a theater term, right? Workshopping. Yeah, um, sure.
0: You mean like rehearsal. Yeah, I mean how did, how did you formulate process. it? What were
1: the steps behind it before you got to the final formulation where it is today?
0: Well, what happened was I had people reaching out to me all the time, because I constantly do this. I'm constantly mm-hmm. like, oh, just give me your phone and I'll text back for you, you know? Or uh, people are like, I have this thing to write, but I don't know what words to use. Can you just can you just tell me what to say? You always say things better. You just say and- better. <laughs> people say this to me all the time. You say things better. You say things better. I've heard so many times in my life from a lot of different people, and I appreciate it, but I really always felt like, that's not that special. You know, like people could do what I'm doing if they thought about it for a second, but people don't know how to think about it. So when people started offering to pay me to do Mm. this, I was like, all right, Mm. this is a real thing. Um, One, yes, I'll take your money. Yeah. (laughs) PayPal, Venmo,
1: cash, absolutely, checks, gift cards.
0: Absolutely. Anything. I'll take all of it. (laughs) I'll take all of the currency. If it's currency, I'll take it. And it was like this, a moment of I didn't realize that it was valuable enough for people to pay for it until people from my LinkedIn community started offering and reaching out to me and saying, I hear you when you talk in the comments or I see the things that you write, you always say things better than other people do. Can you help me? And so I decided to make a business out of it. And I was doing messaging consulting without having the methodology behind it. But I asked myself, you know, when I was doing some reflection, I was doing some like, okay, who am I? Why am I feeling still so stuck? You know, I was at this company. I had a good job. I was doing well. And I loved the team that I was working with. And yet I still felt like this isn't it either. Okay. Acting wasn't it. Leading this department isn't it. What is it for me? What is I it? know that I have something. What is it? What is it? <laughs> and I just had to go on like, this hunt. Through myself, this, this discovery journey. I did UMAP um, with Kristen Sherry, who created UMAP. So I got assessments of my strengths, my values, my motivated skills, and my personality driven interests. So I learned a lot about myself and who I was to begin with. And Kristen, who created UMAP, she said to me, You know, it'd be interesting. I'd love to see what would happen if you were like a communication coach or hmm. something or speaker. And I was like, "Well, that's that's sweet, you know, that's cute, Kristen, but like I need a job.
1: <laughs> JOB paying job. Yeah,
0: right. Like I need money. And to me at the time, that meant having a job at someone else's company where I work full-time and they pay my paycheck and the paycheck goes into my direct mm-hmm. deposit is my bank account, and that's how I have money. And that was like it for me, because I knew that acting wasn't a way to consistently have money, But I did know that consistently having money so far, Meant paycheck. So it, I still was reluctant. And then my friends Amy Blaschka and Bruce Kasanov published this book called I Am, which is a journal of first person affirmations. And they're not always positive. Some of it is like, I am distracted, I am disorganized. And it, it gave these like really cool, beautiful, poetic phrases to read through and then ruminate on. And there are these pages opposite that were blank. The purpose was that you would draw things or write things or doodle Mm, and kind of use it for discovery. Yeah. So between like knowing myself from UMAP, having I Am, this book to play around with and also having a LinkedIn community where I could kind of try things out and see what resonated with people and doing a workshop with Gia Farrakis, who created One Thought, One Action, a method for theater practitioners to use in rehearsal. Between all of this, my One Thought, One Action, Creative Life Practice, OTO SCLP, and my UMAP, and my LinkedIn community, and just All these things coming together. Everything. It just kind of came together that at that this direction. one time that I was doing this messaging consulting. And I was like, what is it? I know all this stuff, but what is it that I'm doing? What is the process? My e-commerce mind kicked in and I'm like, well, let's take inventory. Let's see what we have here. And I started looking at my messaging consulting process as a method, as a series of items. So what have I done? Well, I started with, you know, what's the motivation? What's your mission statement? What's your purpose, your why? You know, you've heard all these words before. Mm -hmm. In theater, one character's arc over an entire play is motivated by their super objective. That's a term from Stanislavski, who uh, Konstantin Stanislavski created the Stanislavski system, which is the basis of what you hear of when you hear of method acting. Mm -hmm. So this was the first method that was given to actors. And it started with that one step. So I was like, well, in messaging, I'm doing the same thing. I'm starting with what is it that motivates you? What is your motivation? What drives you? So that you can have something that holds you accountable to intentional communication beyond just that moment. And then the next thing I was doing was saying, well, well, who are you talking to and where are you trying to reach them and what's the purpose? What are you trying to, how do you know that this is a win with your message? How do you know that you got something out of it? And that was the same as, again, in the Stanislavski system, finding your objective. As an actor, we would find our character's objective for one scene, what that person wanted to get out of the other person in the scene for it to feel like a win for them. And then we would just like relentlessly pursue that objective on stage, regardless of what the script says, because we didn't know, you know, our character didn't know that it was scripted, that they wouldn't get it by the end of the scene. We just had to go get it.
1: And interesting. So let's talk about how that translated into you coming up with the method for saying things better. And I don't want to give too much away because I don't want anyone okay. to take this free podcast and take it as <laughs> gospel and turn it into their own workshop let's break it down a little bit so anyone listening could really understand, you know, what what are those those five steps in the method?
0: It's your motivation, that big goal overall, what you want to do with your communication in life. Um, That's number one, your motivation. Step two is your objective for one communication event. What do you want out of this one email, this one tweet, this one post, this one conversation, this one meeting that you know it's successful if this has happened? Step three is your communication partner's objective. Understanding that there are other people in the room with you too, and you can step off the stage, be in real life, and help that character achieve their objective too. Number four is your toolbox. The things that you have that are different about you as opposed to anyone else who provides this service, you have all of your differentiators, and then you just have your basics, your quality, making sure that the product, the offering is really truly there. You've tested it. You've stood behind it because there is nothing that messaging can do if the quality of your offering isn't there first. And then the fifth step is verb, your values. Um, and I see you nodding. Like, <laughs> you have something to say about that?
1: <laughs> no, I was going to dig into verbs, but I have, I have, I have the word verb. Yeah. Verb is a word. Verb is the word. Let's talk about verbs. Let's, let's unpack okay. the verb one for a little bit. You and I did this on our first conversation here. Yeah. Uh, and I found it a a really interesting introspective process too about how I communicate. You know, I have, a little bit of stylistic, the way I communicate. It comes a little bit from the professional world. It comes a little bit from my, I'm not going to use the word street because I ain't no street. I'm a little Jewish boy from
0: Brooklyn <laughs>
1: Island. But well, like, we you have know.
0: streets in Brooklyn, right? Of
1: course, <laughs> lots of streets in Brooklyn. Um, let's unpack verbs and, and what they mean and how we could be more impactful with our use of them.
0: So verbs, uh, when I think of using verbs, I think of them as little coaches in my head to ask me, am I doing this with my communication? am i taking this action and a verb is an action word so we just we decide what actions we want to take with our communication towards our communication partners this is based on stella adler's work with actions and tactics for any actors or theater people who are listening but this for me means not just am i trying to use a tactic to have an effect on someone but it's coming from a place of my authentic values and this is how we can communicate authentically and intentionally rather than instinctively. Sometimes we think that our first instincts are how we are authentic. And you hear people a lot saying, well, that's just me, you know? I don't want to have to edit who I am. I don't want to have to edit what I say. But what if you really care about the person you're connecting with? And is that what, selfish? Yeah. Uh, yeah, is that selfish? Yeah, it is. It is selfish. It's selfish to want to give into our lowest selves because they are not our only selves.
1: They're not our best selves, selves either. Selves.
0: No. We have way better stuff. We have our values. We just sometimes forget them when we're not intentional in our communication. So I work with people to find those values, turn them into verb form, and then use those verbs as little internal coaches to guide their communication.
1: So I assume, and correct me if I'm wrong, this works both you know, verbally spoken as well as written. But what are some of the nuances between when you're actually having a actual conversation with somebody versus putting it in writing with the verbs?
0: It's, it's never something that you write. Like, look, do you have a book or something near you right now?
1: Uh, no.
0: Or, okay, pick out any text message from your phone.
1: Right. Okay. Um, let's, let's pick one this.
0: that's like clean. This is, you know, a family audience, right? <laughs> Great. Sure. So it can be anything. The important part is that they're not my words. These are somebody's.
1: You want to say like it's something I wrote to somebody?
0: Doesn't matter. Any short sentence.
1: Uh, I wrote, just ping me.
0: Just ping me. Perfect just ping me. It is um, an instructive sentence. You're, you're giving somebody something to do. Just ping me. Now, if I give you the context that you have this line, these words, just ping me, but the intention is to comfort me with your communication. How are you going to say just ping me if your intention is to comfort
1: yeah, I mean, I would switch it around a little bit and and put more empathy into it as well. So you know, when when you're ready to when you're ready to chat, please reach out. I'll be here for you or something like that. I probably. But would if the
0: words stay the same, I mean, that's a ping. great way to check your words. You know, but if you're thinking about the hmm. tone, like how something comes across, if we're just on the phone, and these are your words, just ping me.
1: I would change my inflection. I would change my inflection. Like, you would hey. do
0: it naturally. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like hey,
1: hey, hey, Lila, when you're feeling up to it, just ping me.
0: Right. Just ping me. Just, just ping me. me. And me make
1: sure it's just ping me.
0: So it's, it's a weird.
1: It's kind of dirty. I'm not even going to go that direction.
0: <laughs> just ping me. Just you ping know, me. Um, just ping, <laughs> and then, okay. So we what digress. If like, what if it's like to flirt, you know, just ping me.
1: Hey, just ping me. Just, just ping, me ping me over here. <laughs> no, I, I love it too. Um, And I want everyone, cause I don't want to go too deep into this because I really want to drive everyone um to Lila's method and learn a lot more about it. She's got a ton of content out there and I think it's critical, you know, if you're in the business world and I think all of us could use this, this honing, this, this, polishing this you know ever learning ever improving part upon ourselves mm-hmm. where we can be better and I think that's something that's very important that Lila provides so I definitely want to drive everyone to that I'll be linking that and we'll, we'll come back to that in a little bit one of the other things I truly admire about what you do is your ability to network and I think that's um, in combination with how well you communicate so what do you really think has been your true success in in the world of let's call it, let's start with online online networking specifically on LinkedIn
0: I think it's just that I care and I'm interested. So it starts starts with a true, genuine curiosity in who people are, what they do, what they want other people to know about them so that I can help them connect. You and I were connected by my friend, Rena, Rena Friedman Watts. I love Rena so much, yep. and I've never met her in person. Me neither. Like, that's on my bucket list, you know, for or for my twenty twenty list. Like, I want to get that done. Well, I maybe we should be all go and to shi- Rena. I said to yes, her, Why don't we do a Chicago do
1: event?" I'm trying to get a Chicago <gasps> event. I got buddies in Chicago. Chicago, I would
0: love it. It's equidistant. I do too. We can, yes, we can, we can, we're gonna I'm make that work. I'm so happy to do that. Rena, put a
1: Chicago event together. <laughs>
0: and and this is how it happens. You know, you ask how it happens. This is how because you're in conversation with someone that you actually like and connect with because someone else that you actually like and connect with introduced you.
1: This it really real. doesn't
0: take a lot more.
1: No, you and exactly, and this is how want. our Dallas event, this is exactly how the Dallas event came together. I, I was yeah. introduced to Julian through a mutual friend. Julian and I built up that, that phone conversation, so we'll call that in real life. The event came together. We were looking for a keynote speaker. I mentioned something to Rena. Rena's like, hey, you should reach out to Lila. You and I connected. We hit it off. I knew there was value in your presentation. We put it all together. The event happened. You crushed the keynote. We did pretty well in our, you know, panel conversation. And now we're here today. Right? It it's not awesome. rocket science. And, like and that's you it. you did
0: so well. Thank like you. I know that I did the keynote, but you did so much to put everything together and all the branding and the event and the people who came and everybody else, like the panel that you pulled together, everybody who was there, uh, we had such incredible discussion yeah. because the people you invited and the people who showed up to hear what we had to say were exactly the communication partners for that that's event. Yeah,
1: yeah it, it, was,
0: it, it was awesome. And that takes that's a lot like, of work. That's networking. It just starts with thinking about it.
1: Yeah, and for me, that event was a manifestation of my ne- I mean, my network is my net worth. Yeah. I mean, and, and this is my canvas and this is my palette. It was funny cause I was having a conversation with my buddy the other day who, who, who's an incredible guitar player. And that's who we're talking about. That's his creative outlet. He's a talented guitar player. He creates music. Yeah. He writes music. He's just incredible. And for me, I don't have a, a you know, I, I love music and I feel like I could play like a mean air like piano. Like that's kind of my skill set. But like, for me, this is my creative outlet. This podcast my networking and creating events. And that's something that's really shown through for me. Now, do you find that like teaching in your workshops, right, brings back some of that true passion of acting? Like, how are you still getting that acting yeah. out there? Yeah. you
0: know, all, Everything that I do in my method is the stuff that I loved about acting. It's connection with another person. And it used to be in stage through the walls of this text that somebody else wrote for the purpose of telling a story. But the story that I want to tell now is whatever it is that happens magically between people who really genuinely connect, that's the real story. It's it's more improvisational. It's more listening. It's more true to the moment and the real people in the real world. The impact that I want to have is that connection. So now Mm -hmm. I get to decide my objectives, not just my characters. And I'm doing the other stuff, the creative work all the time. Before I forget, I want to ask you to introduce me to your guitar player friend who writes songs.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So thinking about, you know, you're obviously a natural extrovert, but not everyone, you know, has this ability to put themselves out there. And in this digital world of creating an online brand and an online presence, you know, how would you coach somebody who may be, you know, a little bit timid or a little bit shy to put themselves out there? And they're like, I know I got to do it. I mean, if we're going back to the panel, one of the pieces I talked about was, you know, establishing your online brand and reputation. And I your thought leadership, creating content and videos. How do you get people out of your shell? How do you, how do you coach them? How of their shell?
0: I say to start with something that makes sense and feels good to you. First of all, social media isn't for everybody. And that's okay. fine. It's okay. Um, yeah. And also, though, introverts love social media because they get to type something, edit it, and walk away from it if they want to. They can have as much or as little interaction with other people as they want, and they get to control it. From the safety and comfort of their own environment. Exactly. So it's great for introverts to have meaningful communication on their terms. Yeah. I love social media for introverts.
1: No, that that's certainly good. Lila, what's the best joke that you've heard recently?
0: I only have one.
1: What, you wait, hold on. You have one quiver of jokes. One quiver, one joke that's in your yeah. quiver.
0: It's not a good joke either, but <laughs> I like it. Okay. Knock knock. Who's there? Two. To who? It's to whom, Adam.
1: <laughs> intentional intentional it, dead it. air, intentional dead <laughs> air. We're gonna leave the intentional dead air in there for a minute. Lila, what's, what's, It's <laughs> a good one.
0: It's the worst joke, it's the I, only I, one I, I know. Give, can I
1: give you a new, a new knock knock joke? Yeah. Oh, uh, no, 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 I'm, it won't be a knock knock joke. I mean, I'm full of dad digest- jokes. Okay. All right, <laughs> how do you make a tissue dance?
0: How do you make a tissue dance?
1: You put a little boogie in it. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, yeah, let's, 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 bring, let's, let's, bring, let's bring this back over here a little bit. Um, you are somebody that I value as a wealth of information, both like strategically, tactically, uh, spiritually, I guess, because we're pickle pals now. But what yeah. is, <laughs> I ask this question to a lot of guests because I love the perspective on it. What is the single best piece of advice that you have ever received that you take action on every single day?
0: never walk on stage like an apology
1: let's unpack that a little bit for those that may not like yeah. that
0: so let's say you show up in a room and you feel um out of place rather than feeling like this is your room as much as it's anybody else's your communication can never be fully intentional if you don't feel like you have the right to communicate to begin with so if you walk into the room like i'm sorry i'm here everybody I'm sorry to be breathing your oxygen. I'm sorry to be taking up your time rather than recognizing the gift that you are to the people around you. You're not going to be in a position of power to communicate with intention.
1: But is that a mindset? Is that like a self-defeating yeah. prophecy, you know, self-fulfilling and self-defeating?
0: Prophecy? Absolutely. If you walk on stage knowing, um, I'm not going to walk on stage like an apology. I'm going to walk on stage like an exclamation point or at least an open set of arms. I'm going to walk Mm -hmm. on stage like an embrace. You walk into a room and you bring the intention with you for what you want to do with the people there. If you walk in and, and, you know, you see this sometimes on social media, you see these apologies like, People spending 15 seconds talking about the background noise or the fact that they scratch their face and then they're like, oh, I, you know, I guess I had an itch. And like, we didn't need you to say that to us. Yeah, we don't care about your itchy face. We care about what <laughs> you're saying. Like, we can forgive you for almost anything. Don't talk about the background noise. Don't talk about what you're wearing. Don't talk about the things that you're apologizing for that have nothing to do with the value of the content you're delivering. Never walk on stage like an apology.
1: I love it. I love it. And 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 it's interesting too, the more public speaking that I'm doing, the more opportunities I have to shine. Like I'm I'm finding this confidence in myself that like I knew was there, but like I always had like some kind of self-doubts about do I look okay? Am I am I like how do I sound? You know, and like really owning kind of who I am and who my voice. And I think that adds like a level of competence and, and authority and it really helps connect yeah. you know, with the audience as well. well let's talk been... about
0: that authority for sure. a minute, you know, because if you, um, let's say you go on stage and you're fidgeting, you look nervous, you, um, you're, you're shifting and you're playing with the clothes that are too hot or uncomfortable and you are trying to talk about a subject that doesn't actually really mean anything to you. So you can't really speak with authority and you're trying to fake it. What happens is we as the audience sense your discomfort and then we are shifted into the position of taking care of you. Polite applause, polite laughter, not genuine authentic reactions and responses. We're trying to take care of you in your discomfort, which means that we are the powerful person in the room. We're sort of the parent who's there to like stroke your hair and tell you it's going to be all right, (laughs) rather than being there to observe you in your authority, giving us the value that only you can. That's what happens. It's interesting too. Like that.
1: So I just got the recording of our of our um, our event, which I'll you know talk about it offline. I'll get that over to you in a little bit. Um, But I, you know. We're, we're our toughest critics, and I. And after the event, you know, I really took some time and I thought, I was like, oh, what I do right, what I do wrong, and in my mind, I'm like, well, I could have done this better, I could have been better at that. But then I went back and watched it. I'm like, I wasn't that bad, you know. I made people laugh, like I, I sounded, you know, at least half Everybody intelligent. loved
0: you, and yeah. I
1: appreciate that. And I think that there was like I fed off the dynamic, but there was still something like in my mind where like I am my toughest critic. I mean, do you oh, find yeah. that a lot with acting?
0: Oh, I find that with myself constantly. I also happen to have anxiety, which a lot of people wouldn't know if they met me, but I like take CBD oil from Holistic Hemp Company. Um, And if anybody wants, I have a 20% discount code. It's Lila20, A two zero at Holistic Hemp Company. And I use this stuff because otherwise I will obsess about little things that no one else will notice or care about. Shadows on my face or somebody walking by in the background. All of the little things that I'm telling you now not to apologize for, I personally obsess over and those things. getting
1: context. Yeah. And the, and a... the
0: lighting and, and everything. It's just it makes me insane. So like I I do feel so much insecurity about it mm-hmm. that it almost stops me constantly. And I have to be really focused on my motivation just to get it done. Just to get up there and do it.
1: And thank you for sharing and thank you for being vulnerable. And and you know, I, yeah. the, the word vulnerable is so interesting to me because that's something I've really you know, I've really taken to heart over the last, you know, year plus, like being very open with my story. And like, there was a lot of things about the optics of my history that I kind of kept behind were hidden because I was ashamed of it. Right. But then once I opened up and shared my it story, so
0: relatable. Yeah. Not,
1: not only that, but it just felt like this weight was, was lifted off of me and I was just hmm. able, and all these things, like all the synergy happened. I mean, we talk about the Gary Vee, you know, thing that happened in Dallas yeah, yeah. and that wouldn't have happened if that I was wasn't.
0: Unbelievable.
1: It was ridiculous. But like that wouldn't have happened if I still kept that all inside. There's yeah. no way that would have happened. Um, and, and I think that's something that we have in common is being open and, and vulnerable. Um,
0: well, the verb form of that is to entrust. trust.
1: To entrust. trust.
0: Yeah. Because you're entrusting somebody else to be a safe space for you.
1: Mm-hmm. And what happens
0: then is that you create this trust, this trusted bond. When that's you're vulnerable and you open up to somebody else, it's like you're saying, I'm setting the expectations here that we're in it for each other. And it's not just me being in it for myself. I'm sharing something that is vulnerable, that is potentially embarrassing or a source of shame. And I'm trusting you to be a source of comfort and a safe space for me. I'm confident in our connection. I'm this confident in our connection.
1: That's powerful. Lilo. I talk a lot about the word legacy, right? And each one of us has our their, our their, their, their own legacy and this vision yeah. of legacy, and it changes as we get older and things change in our life. But what 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 legacy do you envision leaving behind when 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 your time has come? Uh, hopefully not too soon. When your when your time has right. come, you know, how do you want people to remember you by?
0: Oh, they're gonna say she ate a lot of pickles <laughs> <laughs> and made a lot of people really happy. Um, I mean, I really do think that it's gonna be a legacy of connection, of. Both, you know, the way that I feel in person with other people, that they that I make connections, that I connect other people to each other, right. that and that I connect people to their own value by putting it into words. I, and then I, I connect those words out to the people who are gonna pay them for <laughs> whatever it is that they do. It's just connection.
1: I love it. And I think that's another reason why we're so connected here. And yeah. Lala, to, to this date, what do you what do you feel is your greatest accomplishment in life? It's a big question. It's one of those like
0: Yeah. Um, i mean i 'm still working on like the the accomplishments that i that I want to set out to do, but it 's actually one of my biggest challenges is to stop and appreciate myself for how far i 've come to acknowledge things because i 'm very, very momentum driven and I will go, go 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 without actually appreciating accomplishments at all. but when I look back and I see that I was in a place where I felt dark. I felt disconnected. I felt alone. I felt I didn't have my theater community anymore. I felt I didn't have the the relationship that I wanted. I felt that I I wasn't being seen for the value that I really had anywhere. And I took responsibility personally to make sure that happened. And I took love actions. I and I think that it. even just even if it didn't have any results and I never impacted anyone, which isn't the case, just the fact that I decided to get unstuck and take some kind of action of self-discovery. That is what I'm the most proud of achieving that first step.
1: I love it. And it, and it made me think of something too, as you're saying it, yeah. you know, I, I look back, you know, and this episode's not about me, but like I was looking back too and, and and kind of thinking in my head, what my greatest accomplishment was. And it triggered a thought in my head, you know, that moment, you know, I was in between a couple of things. You know, wondering what I was going to do next, and I'm—I was thinking about that lowest point. And I remember it vividly that—and this is no offense to anyone that drives an Uber or, or works at Home Depot or any of those stores—but there was a moment where I was like, maybe that's what I should be doing, you know? And maybe that's—maybe that's all I was, you know? Maybe that's what I was supposed to be doing. And then I was like, no, I've—I have, you know, there's—there's there's a greater purpose for that. And I look back on that moment, and then I could kind of gauge how far I've come in in, in that amount of time. And I think it's important to add perspective and think about where you were and where you are now.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. You know, to think about like you and your moment of knowing that there was something more for you. I think a lot of people have that moment. And some of us, many times, maybe every day, maybe 10 times a day, we think, isn't there something more that I am meant for? And a lot of people leave the question hanging in the air. Until it dissolves, and then what? And then what? Regrets. And I think regrets that, yeah. are left.
1: Regrets, which are the dirtiest word in the in the world. Regrets are yeah. are terrible. Lila, I I could answer this for you, but I'm not going to. What would you say is your superpower <laughs> that you do better than anybody in this planet?
0: Um, I think just connection. I mean, I don't know that like I do it better than anybody else. I don't know about else, better, but what but do you like, think you do um, awesome? I do have a way that other people can use, you know, to, to connect as themselves. So whether or not like they connect the way that I do, I have this method that can help people connect the way that they will using things from their toolbox, who they are. And being able to give that to others is my greatest joy and gift, but being able to truly connect immediately with other people I think that's probably my, my superpower.
1: I love it. And, and last but not least, and I asked this question to every guest and it's probably my favorite question in the world.
0: <laughs> okay. when,
1: when things are not going well, cause not every day is sunshine and rainbows and and happy trolls and pots of gold. And and like, you need to look something to pull you up, right? Things aren't going that well. You're having a real shitty day. And on the, on the flip side of that, when it's awesome, things are firing on all cylinders, you know, a million people just signed up for for your course. You just got back from a killer workshop. What do you look to look to for gratitude? What do you look to, to pull you up? Lila Smith, what is your North star?
0: It's the people around me. Uh, And actually this, actually just happened a couple of days ago. Um, not last night, but the night before I got an email. that something that I was going to be doing on October 23rd, which is 12 days from now, by the way, um, from when we're recording this, it wasn't going to happen. And this was going to mm. be, you know, a high dollar a day for me. And yep. that plus this thing I'm doing in November, um, th- just like two big gigs, basically, we're going to be able to support my Uh, desire to take all of December just for give back time. Oh, look at that. And it fell through this thing for October 23rd. And so I didn't have that anymore. And it was such a hard crash for me because I had already started planning in my head all of the impact that I was going to have during my give back month. And I was so depressed about this and so miserable and thinking about Everything that, you know, I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be trying to work in that industry. I shouldn't be, um, you know, so confident in my programs. And and I mean, really talking myself down. And as a communication expert, I have all of the words to be a negative (laughs) self-talker. Yeah. And I will talk myself down to death. If anybody who cared about me heard the way that I talked to myself, they would be furious with me. And I go into this, like, I went into this tailspin. This is a real thing, you know, as part of the entrepreneurial roller coaster, even for those of us who are successful and doing well and have plenty of money and plenty of opportunities, right. you still get thrown. And these of things course. make a big dent and, and crash you if you don't have something to lean on. I, right. number one, I mean, I have my number one strength is strategic. So I can pretty much rebound and make a new plan pretty fast. but if I don't feel the confidence in myself, I'm completely detached from my strengths. I'm completely detached from my toolbox. I don't see what my resources are until I talk to the people that I trust who remind me of what they see in me too. So the other night I called certain. my friend, Kellen, she was there for me and talked me off the ledge, you know? And then by the next morning, I already had two new gigs that go. were gonna start chipping away at like the financial hit. But it was it was that moment first for me of having someone I could just trust to be at that lowest point around my circle, my community, my immediate best friends. Like that's, that's really the source of my strength.
1: I love it. Absolutely. Lila, thank you so much uh, for your time here. I'm really looking forward to continuing our relationship and, and awesome stuff in, in the near future. Me too. And closing thoughts here, you know, I connected with Lila through a mutual connection, Rena, who we spoke about before, who shares a superpower of mine, and Rena and I and Lila too, we're all connection conduits. We make things happen, whether it be, you know, it doesn't matter if we make a freaking penny off it. If we connect two different people and they make magic, that's really you know what, what matters to us. But what is interesting is that you know before Raina and I connected on Lila, Lila and I were already connected to my Dallas context. It was this whole circle of connection that already happened. So it was extremely serendipitous and we were able to make that happen really quickly. And I preach this all the time and I hope this is proof in point to take your online connections offline and watch this magic blossom and bloom. It's really true. And Lila is a triple threat She knows how to connect, communicate, and use her powers to persuade for good. And she has parlayed her training and experience in acting and now teaching corporate professionals how to communicate better, a skill that is highly needed and in high demand. And many of us are not conscious of how we say things and how the way they affect the listener. We talked about this before. It's kind of selfish. It is. And this is a skill that's attainable to master, and it just takes practice and mindfulness. And I truly hope that you found this episode both entertaining hopefully we're, we're an entertaining pair over here and educational and found some key takeaways to put into your practice. So you could be a better communicator and really be the best that you could be professionally and personally. And I truly value my relationship with you, Lila and I look forward to continuing to build it. And you are my pickle pal forever. forever. Where, where could folks connect with you? Where could they find you?
0: You can find me on LinkedIn. You can look up Lila Smith. It's L I L a. You can also just look up, say things better. With uh, the company page, the hashtag go to saythingsbetter.com, and you can find me on Instagram at Lila Lasagna.
1: Our Instagram is awesome, and I will have the links to everything below when we drop this. Lila, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate your time today.
0: Back at you.
1: Awesome. Good stuff. And to everyone listening at home, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Please be sure to follow us on all the social media channels, links below. Click, engage, subscribe, comment, share, and remember, Take your online, offline. Thank you for joining us and catch us next week for another great episode of the podcast.
0: Wisdom is forever, but for us, it's time to go. Thank you for
1: joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode jam-packed with more
0: incredible humans. For more info, please visit www.nhptalentgroup.com.